0: Mic check, it's a mic check, mic check. All right, what is up, Outlaws? I am the Colorado Kid coming at you from downtown Denver. Uh, Sorry about the little bit of delay there, I wanted to make sure I was live, and um... Anyway, it was a crazy busy day today. I hope you guys had a crazy busy day as well. <laughs> it's always good to be busy. You know, I, I always say it's it's always good to be busy. It's better than having nothing to do at all. <laughs> That's for darn sure. Um, So today, geez, I just want to recap the day. I like going over and recapping the day, um, making sure that... Um, oh, oh, anyway, it was a... <clears throat> A little audio check there. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Recapping the day. So I woke up in my van. I started it up. I went while I was waiting for laundry or yeah, for the laundromat to open. I made a grocery list and then I did laundry while laundry was going on. I was in, uh, the bearded pickers live stream, uh, chatting with people there. Uh, that was really fun. Um. Also, hopped in rake and profits. Uh, short live stream. That's always fun, even though they're short. Linda, hey, thank you. Appreciate you. Um. Let's see. Then what did I do after laundry? I went and picked up these iPhones. I won them at auction on an online auction, the city and county of Denver. And as you could see, they're pretty well beat up. I mean, the screens are broke. You know, this one's really fucked up. and these ones are broke. But the thing about iPhones is that even if the screen is shattered, there's still parts in them that people use. So, I mean, I could sell those for parts for 20, 30 bucks a piece, and I only paid $5 for all five of them. So that's sweet. (laughs) I'm super happy about that. Um, Then I picked those up. Then what did I do next? Um, I scheduled, there's a DIY do-it-yourself mechanic shop. And here in Denver, and it's like 40 bucks an hour, you pull in your vehicle and you do the work yourself. So I scheduled that. um, And then let's see, what did I do? I washed my car because it was filthy. It amazes me how dirty my van gets in the city. I thought stuff got dirty in the country no, it just gets dirty in the country. Like just dust and mud here in the city. There's like black shit and tar and like, it's like, what the heck is all this stuff? Like, man, it's just like my white van is turning black. Crazy. I've never lived in the city before. That's new to me. Um, I also picked up some utility blades, a can opener. I went grocery shopping And then I brought the groceries back to the office. I just unloaded them really quick. Oh, and I got some storage bins when I was at the Goodwill uh, for my cables because I sell a lot of electronics. So you got to have cables to test stuff and include with the product if it doesn't already have it. So I'm always getting new cables, organizing them. And right now they're all in cardboard boxes. So I'm going to be putting them in tubs. Um, And... uh, so, yeah, after I did that, then I went and ate lunch. That's uh, if you guys saw my drive through talk episode earlier. <laughs> that's what I was doing there is eating lunch. Um, then I went across the street to the Walmart, got some b- bicycle lights. Then I went to the DIY shop. I got there early at like 2.30, so I was able to get in there early. It took me two hours, actually, to replace my spark plug wires, uh, cap and rotor. Um, but I got out of there. I drove back, parked, hopped on my bike, rode over here. I got all my groceries put away, and now I'm live. (laughs) So that was my day. (laughs) Um, I did get some listings. Some listings went live because I drafted them yesterday on my phone. And, well, I drafted them here in the office, but I had the drafts on my phone, so all I had to do is just open up the eBay app and hit list. And so I listed three items this morning. I've sold six items so far, um, today, last night and today like to sell electronics, but I know nothing about the testing of them. Okay. So real quick on that, Linda, um, I know nothing about electronics, (laughs) nothing. Uh, Honestly, I don't like I'm learning as I go. Um, because uh, when I, me and my previous business partner, he was like electronic sales. So I was like, all right, cool. So I, we were looking up like Sony's like the stereos, the tuners, uh, the boom boxes, stuff like that. And, uh, for the most part, it's really simple and straightforward. Like if you have a boom box, I mean, you simply just plug it in, throw a tape in it and see if it works. Um, like right, stereo tuners, like the home theater, stereo tuners from the nineties, Those can be a little bit more difficult to test. Um, You do need speakers um, to plug into them. But for the most part, they're basically plug and play too. You plug it in, you turn it on. Sometimes there will be a connection in the back for an antenna. And all you do is hook up an antenna to it, which can just be a copper wire. Um, And then you just plug in a speaker. And depending on the jacks they have, nine times out of ten... They're going to have the little button jacks where you just plug in the wire, but the speaker wire is only two wires. You just put red with red, you know, negative with negative, black with black, red with red. Um, And it's pretty straightforward. Uh, And then, of course, VCRs, you just plug them in and test the tape, test the DVD. I mean, it's actually pretty straightforward uh, once you start doing it. Um, But electronics is definitely uh, a higher value item. They do sell for more money. Um, like I had a Sony, was it a Sony or a Denon? I don't know. It sold for over a hundred bucks and I got it for five bucks. And it costs usually about 15 to $25 to ship, depending on where it's going and how heavy it is and how big it is. But there is definitely a huger profit, mar- bigger profit margin there. Um, that's why I like them so much. And I love video games. So I'm always on the lookout for video games. And those can be a little bit, Not trickier, but I mean, you plug in because these newer TVs, older video games, they either have the coaxial or the red, yellow uh, and white plug in these newer TVs. They don't translate the signal for whatever reason. And a nerd was explaining it to me. They're like, yeah, when they made these new TVs, it, it was weird how they did it. And like it comes up staticky, but you can I can still see that it works. <clears throat> if you don't have a power cable for like a regular Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, um you definitely need power cables to test those. And if you don't have them, I mean, hell, I sold an Xbox 360. It was a Gears of War themed Xbox 360. I just shipped it out today. I sold that for 125 bucks. It did come with the controller, the AV cables, the audio video cables. Um, like 10 video games and the Kinect camera. It did not have a power cable. It was not tested and it still sold. So you can still sell electronics without testing them. You just, most of the time you won't get that higher price. uh, You just won't get the higher price. Um, Like if I tested that and it had the power cable, I could have gotten easily 175 to 200 for it. So, I mean, I I missed out on a good 50-75 dollars on that sale simply due to the fact that I did not have the power cable, the brick for it. But hey, I I only I only paid like 5 dollars for that and I sold it for 125. So, who am I to complain, right? <laughs> <laughs> ah, oh man. I've been saying I need to slow down on my drinking, but after today, I was like one beer is, is going to help me. <laughs> need, just need a beer. Just one. Um, so yeah, I went over my day. I had a really busy day outside of the office, but it was all stuff that, you know, doing odds and ends, shopping errands, stuff that I don't have to do for a while. So I'll be able to, uh, sit back and relax, so to speak. <laughs> um, move my camera. Oh man, I had another brain fart. Anyway, so let's talk eBay. So I'm a beginner beginner eBay reseller, I guess you could say. I sold for a little bit back in 2006. Things were a lot different back then, Um, totally different now. I sold some personal stuff back in 2014, um, stuff that I had bought from a thrift store. Um, They were like dress, shirts, suits, stuff like that, and a handful of other stuff that I just didn't want anymore. And even back then, I kind of thought to myself, the thought crossed my mind, like, oh, you could actually make money doing this, you know, again, stuff at the thrift store, selling it on eBay. Cause I bought those shirts for like two, three bucks a piece and sold them as a suit set. I sold them as sets, you know, for over a hundred bucks for the set. And it cost me like 12 bucks. But at that time, my mindset, like I was moving off grid. I was going out to the country. I wanted to grow my own food and do all that and I mean, I didn't grow any food, but I did live (laughs) off grid for a while. Um, and then I started back in August 8th, uh, me and my buddy, he was already running his own eBay store and he was like, Hey, come help me with this. And, you know, we had both been entrepreneurs just really wanting to start a business, be independent. And so we, uh, joined forces, started working with him and, you know, I connected the dots more closely with like the flea market and, uh, just picking stuff up. I was like, Oh, okay. This is really cool. And I got addicted because I've been a thrifter since I was a little kid. My mom got me addicted to thrifting. I love selling stuff. And so it worked out pretty well. Uh, two months for me, 15 sales, been nothing since Saturday. Ooh, ouch since Saturday. That's, that's hard Linda. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, since August, I've been doing this pretty much full time. August was kind of a transition period moving from the country up to Longmont. And then I was up there from August to about the middle of October. We just did it see eye to eye. So we decided to part ways. He bought me out of the portion because we decided to uh, partner up on the business, had an LLC set up and all that. And we just he he was a leader, I was a leader, he's dominant, I'm dominant. When you get two hard headed, stubborn people together that are very strong willed, it tends not to work so well. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it all works out. You know, he's doing his thing, I'm doing my thing, and it's all good. You know, I I still like the guy, but <clears throat> we're just on different paths. <laughs> so I do appreciate that experience because I'm like, oh, all right. It, it solidified in my brain that, you know, I could go out to thrift stores, the flea market, and then I discovered estate sales and online auctions. And it, it, I, I was just really grateful and appreciate. I still am appreciative and grateful for that experience. And now I've been in Denver with my own store since October 29th is when I listed my first item. I sold that item, which was Far Cry 4 for the PS4 um, sold that on Halloween and I've been doing it full time since then. And when I say full time, I mean, I get into the office at 6am, start working, um, usually start working around seven, to be honest, I'll stretch, make my coffee, uh, get warmed up and then, uh, start working around seven. And then I'm usually working until about seven or eight at night, uh, for those past, for, you know, the past eight weeks or so. But, Um, for the most part, now that things are getting settled down and the holidays are over, I'm looking at only putting in about six to eight hours a day. We'll see how my routine develops. Um, So some tips, uh, a tip for you, Linda, I guess I would say, um, I don't know how often you, you're listing, but eBay likes to have activity in the store. So if you get like, 10 items, say you go to a thrift store on a Saturday or a garage sale, flea market, whatever, and you get 10 items and then you come home, a lot of people will list them all at once. Don't do that. Um, Draft them for sure, You know, draft them up, uh, make your listing, take your pictures, upload the pictures, have the draft made up and then list an item once a day, like one item a day throughout the week and eBay will actually promote your listings more um, because they like that activity. Um, there's a lot of other things that go into listing, like <clears throat> capitalizing the first word or the first letter of every word in your title. So it's easier for people to read, it's easier for people to uh, follow you, and eBay likes that as well. Um, having at least four pictures per listing. Um, they say they're transitioning to where they want all their listings to have a white background. So if you start doing that now, the better off you'll be. Uh, back in 06 and 2014, all I did was I taped a white sheet to the wall near the floor. And then I let the sheet drape down and then go down on the floor. And then I, I just set up stuff on that white sheet uh, taped up. And that's... Uh, how I would do my white background listings. Even in 2006, I was doing that because I knew that it created a better picture. Been listing one or two a day, yes, doing all that. It will just take time. That's true. It does take time to build it up. It does take time and patience. Um, and make sure, uh, I know this This kind of sounds obvious, but you know, make sure that when you're sourcing items, when you get your sold comps or looking up comps, that the item is actually selling. Um, I've met eBay resellers over the years and people trying to sell stuff on eBay over the years, even not even, not even as a reseller, they're just trying to get rid of stuff. They, uh, they, they just have stuff that's not selling. And sometimes it happens. I have stuff that I listed my first week that still hasn't sold. It's just sitting there, uh, paper towel dispensers and, uh, toilet paper dispensers that go in restaurants and public restrooms. They're just sitting there sourcing tomorrow. Nice. So how I like to source, this is like an eBay breakdown Q and a, so, uh, I'll start at the beginning of how I source like the whole process. So how I source now, like I started out going to thrift stores. I quickly realized that thrift stores are too expensive when it comes to electronics So I don't go to thrift stores for electronics anymore, and I'm not into clothing. So really, I don't even go to thrift stores to source stuff anymore. Um, I hit up estatesales.net. Great website. Pretty much any estate sale in your area will be on that website. Um, There's also estatesales.com and estatesales.org, but I like estatesales.net because it's an easier website to use, and most of your sales are going to be there um, listed on that site. Um, listing mostly clothing, some shoes and jackets. Yeah. Clothing, man, I don't know. Like for me, clothing's difficult. I'm not a fashion guy. I mean, I'm wearing a Lincoln park t-shirt. I never wear t-shirts. It's normally buttons, button ups or my hoodie. (laughs) I'm not a fashion person. Like I don't know clothing brands. I don't know shoe brands. I don't know jacket brands. I, I just don't know what they sell for. So I don't look at it. Um, but estate sales, when I go to an estate sale, and estatesales.net is nice because they'll have dozens of pictures of stuff being sold there. And for those of you guys who don't know what an estate sale is, it's like a garage sale, but everything in the house is for sale. <laughs> everything. Like you go through the bedrooms, the living room, the kitchen, the garage Like everything is for sale in the, in the house. Sometimes the house itself is for sale, (laughs) but I mean, I get great deals there and I always go on the final day. The final day of an estate sale is always 50% off. Almost always. Don't quote me on that because it depends on who, what company is running the estate sale. Some companies don't, uh, do that at all. Like they'll have 25% off or nothing, but, uh, Here in Colorado, they have 50% off final day. Pretty much all of them do. So I'll go on the final day. And yeah, a lot of the good stuff has already been picked through. But whatever's left, they're willing to sell for pennies on the dollar. I mean, I went to one estate sale like two or three weeks ago. Nah, it was more than that. It was like five or six weeks ago. Anyway, I spent $450 at this estate sale. Now, these guys actually ended up hooking me up because like, it's a Saturday. I was already at three other sales. I go to this sale. I didn't realize that they're extending that sale to Sunday. Sunday's their half off day. Saturday there was nothing off. They ring me up. I'm piling all this stuff up and this house was a gold mine. There was so much stuff in this house. It was like a a million dollar house at least. It was in a really nice neighborhood, a really nice big house. And the, the rooms and basement just kept on going and going and going. It was insane. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I I pile all this stuff up. I create all, the, all this big pile of stuff on the holding table area. And they're like 800 bucks, over 800 bucks. And I'm like, it's half off though, right? <laughs> and they're like, no. And I was like, oh my gosh. I felt like the biggest a-hole because I thought like, they're going to have to take all my stuff that I piled up. They're going to go have to put it, go, go put it back. And I'm like, dang. She's like, well, let me see what I could do for you. She goes to the lady running the estate sale and they had like 10, 15 people working there that day. And, um, (laughs) she comes back to me. She's like, we'll do half off. Just be really quiet about it. And I was like, No problem. (laughs) So I ended up getting a really good deal that day. And it was a bunch of stuff. I mean, I sold a lot of it already. Um, but no, even on half off days, depending on the company selling it and you develop a relationship with these people, you say, uh, they're like, Oh, a hundred bucks for all this stuff. Now, mind you, it's already half off. So you're getting $200 worth of stuff for a hundred bucks. You can still negotiate. Be like, Oh, well, I'll give you 70, you know, and you'll settle around like 80, 85. I mean, they won't knock off too much more because it's already 50% off, but they'll work with you. They'll definitely work with you. Um, Estate sales, there's also online estate sales. Um, Look those up. There's always different companies doing it because it's still local, uh, local estate sales. Um, Here in Colorado, we have a website called maxsold.com. And, uh, they do online estate sale auctions, which is really, really cool. Um, sorry, la- cleaning ladies coming around. <laughs> I had to put the trash can outside. Anyhow, uh, the online estate sales, I get really good deals from that site. I mean, I don't know if it's because there's not a lot of competition or people don't know about, I don't know. Either way, I get really good prices on lots of stuff. Um, and I don't mean lots of stuff. I mean a lot. Uh, you know, L-O-T, a lot. <laughs> it's so weird saying that. Anyway, um, and then online auctions. Uh, I got these from Dick and Sheets, these phones. They are lost and found phones from the city and county of Denver. So when people... If you leave your phone at Denver International Airport, it's going to end up on DickandSheets.com. I'm going to bid on it. They had hundreds of phones, hundreds of phones up for bid. And that was the only lot that I bought for $5, five phones. So I know I'm going to make money on those even though they're beat to crap. Uh... There's another site here in Colorado called Roller Auctions. They have a lot of good auctions. But just look up uh, online auctions, police auctions. Check out the company that you're dealing with. Make sure that they're legitimate. Um, Let's see. Where else do I source? The flea market. (laughs) The flea market. Oh, man. A couple weeks ago, my mom came up and I took her to the Mile High Flea Market she tripped out. We, we didn't even get a quarter of the way through the flea market before we spent our budget. Like it was, it's just insane. And this one vendor, I dropped like a hundred, 150 bucks at one vendor. And he always hooks me up. He's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I literally bought a stack, a stack of laptops and I paid like maybe two or three bucks per laptop. I sold two of them, no power cord, untested, um, sold it as parts, two laptops for 60 bucks. I sold an Apple iBook from the early two thousands for another 60 bucks. It worked, but I still sold it as parts just because uh, how old it was and that you need to reset everything. But Yeah. I mean, even old laptops that are broke, if you could get them for a couple bucks, people buy them for parts. It's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy what people buy. Um, so yeah, the flea market is another great place to source because I mean, and I beat people up when I negotiate with them, especially when it comes to electronics, especially with electronics. I'll go there a dude will have a stack of tuners, CD players, uh, the five disc carousel CD changers. And I'll be like, what do you got on this? He's like, Oh, $20 each for the stack. You know? And he's like, I'll I'll give you a discount if you buy more. It's like, okay, there's five here. He wants 20 bucks a piece. That's a hundred bucks. Hey, I'll give you, I don't know if these work. If you could plug them in and test them, then I'll pay you more you know, but since I don't know that if they work or not, I'll buy the entire lot for 30 bucks and we'll end up settling around 50, 60 bucks for the five units. The thing is you're, you're still taking a risk because you don't know if they work or not. You know, you get them home, plug them in and it doesn't turn on, hope that you could sell it for parts. What I normally do is I'll look up one of those stereos or CD player changer or whatever it may be. And I'll see, Oh, okay. This, uh, sells for like 150 bucks. I could probably sell it for parts for like 60, 70 bucks. So even if I sell it for parts, I'll still come out ahead. Um, that's one way that I handle it. Uh, as far as, you know, electronics at a thrift store or at the flea market. Um, get really good deals at the flea market though. You bundle stuff together. My strategy, no matter where I am, whether it's the estate sale or the flea market, I bundle stuff together. So I'll look up one item. I'll see that it's selling for 60, 80, hundred dollars. And then I know that a handful of other items will sell. So I'll bundle it all together and I'll try to get the entire lot of stuff for under a hundred dollars. Cause I know, or under 80 or under 60 or whatever it may be, because I know that that one item will sell. And just to make myself more comfortable, I'll look up two or three more items and be like, okay, these three items sell one for 60, one for 80, one for a hundred. That's 240 in revenue and profit. That's roughly 120 bucks. If I could buy all this stuff and a lot for around 60 to 80, Three of them pay for the lot and profit will be doing good. Learn to do better research on what sells. Yeah, <laughs> research definitely, definitely helps. Looking up your comparables, um, what sold. And I learned a nice little trick this morning from the bearded picker. The bearded picker says, I don't look up sold. I hit completed. So all he does when he, when he does his filters he hits completed, not the sold. And when he does that, he sees how many were listed, how many were completed, and which of those completed had actually sold. And I said, that's, that's pretty good because you see, okay, five sold, five did not sell. You actually get a better idea of how many have been listed what sells, how many of them have sold, how many of them did not sell. So I'm going to start doing that from now on is just hitting completed and see how the results come in on that. Um, So I like that nice little tip. Uh, Let's see what, what's the next item. So once you source, uh, I went through a little bit of the listing earlier, capitalizing the first letter in every word, uh, making sure, you know, you have at least four pictures per item, A white background is ideal. Um, As long as it has a solid color background, a lot of people, they'll use black backgrounds if it's a brightly colored item or they'll use the white background. I suggest either white or black. And I mean, it's not too difficult to get a white or black background and lighting. I mean, really all you need, like I was saying years ago, I would just tape a sheet to the wall near the floor, drape it over the floor. I have a nice 90 degree angle to set stuff on. And then I I got a couple lamps that were sitting on my uh, end tables. And then I just turned the lamps on and then I just moved the shade, (laughs) the lamp shade as needed to get the lighting that I wanted. So, I mean, you don't need a fancy setup. I mean, it is nice. It's convenient, but you don't need anything fancy to get started with. Um, A lot of people structure their listings differently. I structure my listing, I mean, I was going through it the other day. There's so many details, like, I offer free shipping, some people don't. I roll in the cost of shipping with the cost of the item and I offer free shipping. I also have started to offer free returns because I also learned in the Bearded Picker stream that if somebody buys an item from you, even if you have buyer pays return shipping, the buyer can simply state item not as described and you still have to pay the return shipping if it's item not as described, if that's why they're returning it. So they don't have to pay for return shipping. So I was like, well, if that's all they have to do, there's really no point in making them pay for it. Like you might as well just offer uh, free returns and that increases buyer confidence. And from all the resellers in his chat and the resellers he was talking with, They, they're like, I've seen no difference in my return rate or anything. Um, so I started offering that, uh, I don't do donations. Um, I mean, different things work for different people when you're listing. The most important thing is keywords is also very important. Make sure you put the proper keywords in your title on whatever item it may be. Um, for example, uh, this iPhone broken iPhone, you know, I would put in their iPhone model 5s, Um, you know, there's model numbers on the back of it. I would put the model a one, four, five, three, and I would put in other details broken selling as parts. Um, you know, or if it works, put tested works in the title. Um, if it's new in box, put N I B, uh, short N I B, uh, is new in box. And if somebody types in new in box spelled out, and you only have NIB, eBay will connect the dots, and you'll come up in the search results. Uh, the other thing is vintage. To create more room in your title listing, if it's a vintage item, put VTG, uh, shorten it to VTG. eBay, again, they'll connect the dots. Um, That gives you more room to put in more keywords. I try to fill up as much of that title as I possibly can with um, keywords and words describing the item or whatever the item is. That is also very important for people finding your product because, I mean, you could put in semi-truck toy. Okay. (laughs) But if you put in Uh, a semi-truck toy, Hasbro, uh, Transformers, Optimus Prime, you know, that increases your chances of being seen. Somebody searching for Hasbro, searching for Transformers, searching for Optimus Prime, searching for semi-truck toy, you know, that gives you four or five different keywords that people might search for. So like, think of yourself as a consumer when you're listing, you know, think to yourself, like, would I buy this item? based on these pictures, would I buy this item based on this listing title or the name or the description? Um, But when you're doing your title, think to yourself, like, if I was searching for this, what would I search for if I wanted to have this? Like, let's take this remote, for example. It's a TV remote. Uh, You wouldn't simply put in TV remote. You would put in TV, remote, Philips, smart TV, and even put in the model number of the Philips TV, the model number of the remote, um, you know, but all those keywords add up smart TV. And if you have space, even spell out television, like I'll double up, I'll put TV, television, whatever, like VHS, VCR, rewinder, Like <laughs> you know, like be as descriptive as you can in your keywords, in your title. And then also to help with search engine optimization, copy and paste the title of your listing into your description. Copy and paste the condition into your condi- uh, description. And uh, filling out your condition description is important as well, unless it's a brand new item, but fill that out because people on mobile, that's one of the first things they see on your listing is the condition description. Um, I always make sure that I try to describe my item as thoroughly as possible. I have 37 positive feedback so far, and a lot of them are, you know, they say item is described, the packaging was really good. Um, so describe it, even if it's in terrible condition. I had a Sony uh, tuner, maybe CD player, I can't remember. It had these scratches, like they were thick, like gouges on the top of it. Like the face was clean, but the top of it was scratched. And I made sure to take a good picture of it. And I put that in the description, like the top of it scratched, but the face is clean. Somebody still bought it and they gave me a positive review item just as described. So there you have it. Like describe your items very well. Uh, Those are probably the main key points I would say in your listing, is four good pictures, a uh, good title, copy and paste the title and keywords. Those are really important. And then when it comes to shipping, um, it, I, I, I say it doesn't matter what you're shipping. It could be a glass mug. It could be an electronic. It could be clothing, shoes, a hat, toys, whatever it may be. Take care in the packaging of your item. If the item fits perfectly in the box, that leaves no room for padding. Don't use that box. It might cost you a little bit more to use a bigger box, but you want padding around the item. Um, Yeah, certain things you could simply stuff in an envelope, it'll be fine, it's not gonna get damaged, like a T-shirt, you know? But for me, electronic devices, like again, this iPhone, you know, it's a really small item, Um, but I would still wrap it in a little bit of bubble wrap or styrofoam, the soft styrofoam stuff. And if you don't have that stuff, let's say you're just starting out and you need to be really frugal with your money. Um, newspaper works great padding and you could get that stuff for free all day. Um, just go out and start asking people for it or hit up the newsstands. (laughs) I'm not going to say still from the newsstands, but you know, There's, there's free newspaper everywhere, you know, don't steal it, but you could get free paper all over the place. Um, just crumple it up really good. I mean, I've shipped electronic devices with nothing but newspaper. It takes like a week's worth of newspaper to do it because it does take a lot of newspaper to ship an electronic device, but you can still crumple up newspaper and package this iPhone and it'll still make it there really well as long as you use enough newspaper. But, I mean, I would ship that in a padded envelope if it's wrapped good enough. I mean, you could, it'd be a nice little pillow, but the padded envelope will be like this thick, you know, I will pad that this much all the way around, at least that much padding all the way around the iPhone, you know? So if you do that much padding all the way around the iPhone, uh, a padded envelope may not be good enough. You might need a little box. To ship it in but you always want to make sure you have enough room around your item for padding whether it's bubble wrap newspaper styrofoam or whatever uh make sure you're shipping it in a solid box um i've seen people use flimsy boxes before and you know, if, if the box gets dropped, the box provides, if it's flimsy, it's not going to provide the structural support that you need to protect the item. Um, I could probably go into a lot more detail in packing and shipping, but each item is different. Each seller is different. So you're going to have different stuff. Um, you know, different ways of shipping, but I mean, the basic principle (laughs) of shipping is pretty simple. Uh, make sure there's enough padding uh, make sure that if it gets drop kicked, it's not going to break. I have a package in my van that FedEx failed to pick up. I had two packages today for FedEx to pick up. They took the box on the top. The box was, it was two boxes, one on top of the other. They took the box on the top and the left, the one on the bottom. I was like, you freaking idiots. What the hell's wrong with you? But it had the, uh, Apple iBook four in it. And it's, I was like, it was in my van and I literally tossed it in the back of my van and it bounced around. I was like, it's fine. I like, if you don't feel comfortable throwing it, like literally throwing it across the room or rolling it across the floor, like a die, like you're rolling dice, you need to do a better job at packaging. Cause if you don't feel comfortable doing that, guess what? FedEx and USPS, they're doing it. They are doing that to your package. They're throwing it into the back of vans. They're throwing it out of the van onto the sidewalk. They're tossing it to each other from warehouse to warehouse. It's going down, you know, conveyor belts and it's getting banged around. It's going to get down. If it's not packaged well, it's going to get damaged. And my philosophy is when I package something like when I'm done with the box and I close the box, I'll tape it and I'll pick it up. I'll shake it. If there's any kind of movement. I'll cut it open, and I'll put more packaging in there—more paper, more styrofoam, bubble wrap, whatever it may be—and then I'll reclose it. I so far I haven't had to do that, but I will if I have to, um, because if you move it and you hear it shaking and moving around in there, um, you're 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 asking for troubles. So <clears throat> that's how I would handle the shipping. Another thing. So the next thing would be customer service. Um, a lot of resellers, you know, they touch on the major points, but I think customer service on eBay is very, very important because for years, and I feel like maybe it's just me, but I feel like a lot of eBay sellers over the years, they just haven't been very good at customer service. And I mean, I can't name names because I'm not going to like point anybody out, you know, because I don't have anybody to point out. But I've bought stuff on eBay, you know, many, many years ago, just no service at all, no response on messages. So I would suggest on that, just, uh, I would say when you get a message, respond as soon as you possibly can. Don't have business hours. You know, when you're a reseller and you want to do this full time, if you really, really want to do this full time, um, it is full time. It's from the time you wake up from the time you go to sleep. If somebody sends you a message at six in the morning and you're just waking up, respond to it. If you're just going to sleep, there's times where I'm snuggled up in my van, all nice and warm, ready to go to sleep. It's like nine 30, 10 o'clock at night. And I'll get a message, somebody asking a question and I'll pull my arm out of my bundle, my burrito, and I'll grab my phone and I'll respond to it. You know, I'll get offers and I'll respond to the offers. You know, respond to offers and messages as soon as you can. Um, I've had a couple items where it took me a couple days because either I was out of town, they were asking a very specific question about an item, and I need to get back to the office, get to the basement, look at the item, and see and to, in order to answer their question. Sometimes they want more pictures. So I go down to the basement, pull the item, I'll take specific pictures that they requested, and I'll send it to them. And as soon as, here's one thing that I do, um, as soon as an item sells and it's paid for, as soon as I get the payment, not before, after I get the payment, because as we all know, sometimes people don't pay for their stuff and you gotta relist the item. Doesn't happen very often. I think I've had that happen on one item so far out of 140. So it doesn't happen very often, but I wait till they pay for the item. And then I just copy and paste from my clipboard on my phone. I'll hit contact buyer. And then my message is, um, thank you for your business. I greatly appreciate it. This item will be shipped out tomorrow. Thank you. And I have a one day handling time on my listings. So like today, the six items that I sold today, I sent, they all paid for it. I sent them messages saying, thank you for your business. I greatly appreciate it. This item will be shipped out tomorrow. Thank you. And so after this live stream, I'm going to go down into the basement, package those items, weigh them, get the labels for them, schedule the USPS pickup, schedule the FedEx pickup, and... I'll be done for the night. <laughs> uh, it should only take me about an hour, hour and a half to package and ship all that stuff. They're they're all pretty simple items to package and ship up. Um, So, I mean, that would be my eBay breakdown from beginning to end, sourcing, listing, shipping, customer service. Um, Customer service is just as important. I mean, all of them are important in my eyes. If you're not sourcing good stuff, you're not going to sell them. If you're not listing good, uh, I would probably put listing up on a pedestal because that is your retail store. That is your retail. That's how you sell the item. I mean, we buy with our eyes, right? We eat with our eyes. If you look at a meal, you're going to be like, mm, that looks really good. You're going to want to eat that. Or if you look at an item and there's really good pictures of it, you're like, Ooh, I really like that. And you could see it. It's detailed. It's a clear picture people are more likely to buy it than if it's dark taken on a brown carpet or on somebody's coffee table. I've actually seen eBay listings like that and they do sell, they still sell, but it's not as good as a picture. Um, if you don't package your items, right, they're not going to arrive in good condition. People aren't going to want to buy from you. If you don't have good, clear communication, good customer service, people aren't going to want to buy from you. (laughs) So, I mean, I think all of them are really important to, uh, take into consideration. Whew. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I had a brief brain fart. Um, a lot of people want to look at this as like a fantasy maybe, or like, Ooh, yeah, I could do that and be successful or make money and I could quit my job and I could make money doing this instead. Well, slow your (laughs) brakes, pump your brakes a little bit because being an eBay reseller. Yeah. I enjoy the hell out of it. I'm addicted to it because I love thrifting. I love selling stuff. I love finding cool items like the rug rats that you could see back there or the John Elway statue. (laughs) Like, you know, I love finding this stuff. I love buying it and I love reselling it. I, I even love packaging it. Like, I love packaging an item after I sold it and, you know, just holding a good solid package in my hands like, yes, money in the bank. Um, well, not yet. They can still return it. <laughs> but I love it. I'm addicted to it. Um, but at the same time, you got to think to yourself and you got to have the mindset that you're starting a retail store. When you start an eBay store, you are literally starting a retail store. You know, think of a brick and mortar boutique store, except it's online. You are starting an online retail store. You have overhead. You have cost of goods. You have eBay fees, shipping. You know, you have this, you you have the time investment into it. And you know, a lot goes into this. It's not a simple matter of like, oh, I'm going to go to the third store, list it, sell it, ship it. You know, it's, it's, it is a simple process, but at the same time, it's a disciplined process and it's, it's a retail store. Like bottom line, you're, you're, you're starting a business and anytime you start a business, it takes massive amounts of energy, time, and money, time, energy, and money (laughs) (laughs) on any business that you start. That's what you're going to have to put into it is time, energy, and money. Whew. So that's, yeah, that's it guys. (laughs) eBay reselling for a beginner, a quick breakdown. Um, In the future, I will be breaking down each topic into individual videos Um, I do want to do a sourcing video, get into more detail about that, more detail about listing, more detail about shipping, customer service. There will be more videos about that to come for sure. Um, Every Thursday night at 6 p.m., I'm going to set my schedule. I've made the decision. I've made the commitment. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m., For the foreseeable future, unless I feel like things aren't going too well, I might change the day. Um, The reason I chose today at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time is uh, I watch Rally Roots every Monday night at 6 (laughs) p.m. So I didn't want to do Monday nights. Um, And I like their their reasoning for Monday night is like we feel like it gets our week started, like it kickstarts our week gets us pumped up. It gets everybody in chat pumped up for the week. And I'm like, yeah, I like that. So I'm like, well, a few days later, hit it up on Thursday, keep the week going, you know, push it into the weekend, get you guys, get everybody fired up for the weekend. You know, estate sales start on Friday, uh, Friday and Saturday and Sunday are great days for estate sales. If you're in a warm climate, uh, you know, garage sales, uh, thrift stores always do their sales like 25% off 50% off on Friday, Saturdays. So I think Thursday is a good day. Plus Thursday is kind of like my Fridays, you know, my Friday, I just kind of chill, relax, you know, take, I don't take the day off, but you know, I, it's kind of a slow steady day for me. And then Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Saturday's like my Monday. So (laughs) anywho, um, yeah, if you guys have any questions, shoot shoot some questions in chat. I'd be more than happy to answer them for you. Um, one strategy that I am implementing into my eBay uh business is instead of listing all my stuff at once, like I was talking about earlier, I'm going to draft all my items. And like I'll list like while I'm drafting them, I'll list like three or four items for the day, just so that way there's activity in my store. But I want to have a bunch of drafts made up so that way I could take two or three days in a row and I don't have to be in the office, you know, unless I have to package and ship something. But I could go maybe do some day labor, put some extra money in my pocket or, you know, if I have a family emergency or if I just really want to take the day off, I can do that. And like today, I mean, I didn't take the day off, but I wasn't in the office. I was running errands all day. I was out of the office all day today. So I didn't have any time to list anything. There wouldn't have been any activity in my store. But since I had some drafts drafted up, I listed three items this morning while I was doing laundry. So that created activity in my store. And I think that caused some more activity as far as sales go. Um, I sold like two items last night Four today. Um, those four items sold after I had listed those items. So I think, you know, just starting the day off, you know, you already drafted them the day before you wake up first thing in the morning, hit your drafts, list two or three items. Boom. You already have activity in your store then you could start the day, start listing, taking pictures, sourcing, packing, packing and shipping, whatever it may be. So that's one strategy I'm going to start doing because I feel like it'll be more efficient. It gives me a little more freedom to leave the office as well as keep activity in my store when I'm out of the office. I mean, I could take a weekend off because I have one business day uh, shipping and handling, uh, or handling time, one business day handling time. Um, if I leave on a Friday night, uh, Saturday and Sunday, I could come in Sunday night and package all my stuff, but I could take Friday night and Saturday and Sunday off and then come in Sunday night, package and ship everything for Monday, or even come in Monday morning, early first thing, Monday morning package and get everything ready for shipment for that, for the Monday. Um, But over the weekend, I have drafts made up so I could still list stuff, which sounds simple. But when you have a thousand things going on in your head at once, (laughs) you know, you're like, oh, I didn't even think of that. So there's that. But um, yeah, that's my breakdown. Uh, Listing, sourcing, shipping, customer service, my live Q&A thank you guys for watching. I greatly appreciate every single one of you guys. If you, uh, enjoyed this, if you got some value out of it, please like, and share. I'd appreciate it. Subscribe. I appreciate you guys. I'm not one to like tell you to do it. Like if you like it, you're going to like it. If you want to share it with somebody, you're going to share it with somebody. If you want to subscribe, you're going to subscribe. Who am I to tell you to do that? (laughs) I see other people doing it, you know, but it's like, you know, if you're, if you like it, you're going to like it. Bottom line. <laughs> so thank you guys. I'm going to wrap this up. I still have items to pack and ship. I still need to go. I still need to eat dinner and I still need to go take a shower at platinum planet fitness. So I'm probably not going to get to bed till like nine 30 tonight, but that's okay. That's the life of an entrepreneur. <laughs> Woo! I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It's so much fun. It's a rush. It's a rush, guys. So, again, thank you guys. I appreciate you guys more than you know. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you again. I am the Colorado Kid. Peace.